You're listening to Special Education Matters, a regular podcast about things that matter in special education. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and I am the proud father of an 18-year-old boy with autism. Sometimes it's the small events that inspire us to push and expect more from our children. In Lee Monichon's case, it was seeing her son's schedule limited to four picture icons that helped stir her into action. Today, Lee is a successful advocate with more than 25 years of experience helping students pick up essential services for their learning needs. Lee supports families in the Bay Area of California. Enjoy the conversation. Lee Monichon, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. My pleasure, Michael. Thank you for having me. Well, it's nice to have you here and to talk with you and to get to know you a little bit better. And we usually start off with the easy questions of what types of services do you provide and what parts of California do you cover? We prov- My partner Susie and I provide services all the way from pre- prepping for an IEP. I have a few clients who just hire me to help them prep to know how to ask things and what's important and can I ask for this? Can I ask for that? And I tell them you can actually ask for anything you want and here's how you back up the request. And we also, the bulk of our business is going to IEPs with clients after we've helped them prep for it. So we'll help them create an agenda for the IEP. And then the agenda is just a list of what do you want to accomplish from this? What are your concerns? What are your hopes and dreams for your child, both in the long term and in terms of what we could possibly hope to accomplish at this meeting? I go to the meeting with them if that's what they want. I record the meeting. Often I'll do a lot of the speaking on their behalf because a lot of parents feel like they've gone to a foreign country and they don't speak the language. And what I can do is talk in the same talk as the rest of the team on the parents' behalf. We also can help parents with just any other aspect, reviewing goals, answering emails to the to the district or the school, especially if they're getting kind of technical. And we can provide moral support and advice. I have a parent I'm working with right now whose child didn't have an IEP till 14 and they're very subtle disabilities. And mom is suddenly part of IEP world and doesn't really understand what's going on. So a lot of what I'm working on now is here's what they're saying is going on with your kid. Here are some possibilities how we could pursue that. And here would be the next steps to your concerns. So. Anything and everything to do with IEPs for children three to twenty-two. We do serve this. Okay, we do serve the San Francisco Bay Area. Sorry, uh, we're, no, please go. On. We're primarily out of Santa Clara County, but we go as far north as San Francisco, and as far south as Santa Cruz County. We will do other places by request. So now there's you know lots of reasons to become an advocate, and we share a common bond in having a child with autism. Are you going to guess that that's probably one of the reasons that got you started? That is. My son, to look at him, is really disabled and very autistic. And that's all the school saw, and they gave him four picture icons. And there's just some spark in there, and I don't know what it was, but... After a while, I didn't believe what they were telling me about his complete lack of capability. And so I started advocating and never stopped. And then I started doing it on a volunteer basis for other families. 
And then after a while in the nonprofit world, helping people with disabilities find competitive employment, I was looking for what I wanted to do next. And this was just the natural avenue of where my interests met my capabilities and what I wanted to be doing at the next stage of my life. We could walk back to like that first day or those first few days when you started advocacy. I mean, back then it was probably a little different. Have you seen it change since then? And what were those early days like? Oh, that was something. I will never forget the, it was, back then you had to transition as a year and a half from one program to another program. I remember being at a table with 14 other people and I'd hired an advocate, but they didn't show up for whatever reasons. And there I am arguing with 14 people and completely not feeling heard. And I I got my head handed to me that day and resolved that wasn't going to happen again. So I started calling around. I started talking to people and I resolved to do better next time. And that's been a process. When you know more, you do more. I mean, when your kid's a year and a half, you don't know what you know when your kid's sure. 10. <laughs> you know, you know, as from your own personal journey, the more you do it, the more you know. So, right. Absolutely. I'm kind of glad it went that badly because it motivated me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what do you, today though, like, say somebody comes to you today, do you find, you know, you mentioned in the list of services that you provide, one aspect is emotional support. And then there's also, of course, the IEPs and working with the districts. Like, so, when somebody comes to you, what are they looking for? Or maybe it varies. Are they initially starting looking for lots of emotional support? And then it's helped me get through the details and understanding. Or where do you see your role at the start for, the first the first time you meet with somebody? That's a great question. They almost always upset and or angry or both. So if they were feeling heard by the district, most people wouldn't, I don't think would call me if they felt like they were being heard by the district. So a lot of time it's just, the start is always just them feeling heard. And I consider that a big Mm -hmm. part of my role is, first of all, to find out what their concerns are, but second of all, just to assure them, no, what you're saying makes sense. No, you're, you're right. What they're proposing as a solution doesn't, doesn't align with what you've told me. So if these Mm -hmm. are your concerns that aren't being addressed, here's how we're going to go from there. So that's the part that's reassuring because as a parent, you think, Am I asking too much? Am I crazy? You know, I, I trust these people to help my kid, but my kid's not getting what he or she needs. So a lot of part of what I do is validating that and then talking specifically how we're going to address that. So in many ways, it begs the question, is it really possible today for parents to secure services for their uh, child without an assistance of somebody such as an advocate? Can they do it on their own? I, yes, but, you know, a lot of my parents are working full time. They have other kids. They're supporting their disabled child. It's hard to devote yourself to as much study as you have to of the process of special education advocacy while having your work life and your personal life and taking care of your kids and all of that. Mm -hmm. I do have some clients 
who have an impressive, impressive encyclopedia of knowledge. And no, surprisingly, a lot of what I know, the, the difficulty of being a parent is that it's your kid, and when the district does stuff that's upsetting and wrong, it can mm-hmm. be hard to stay calm and negotiate and discuss and even, if need be, argue from a place of calmness when it's your kid they're talking about. So I, I still struggle with that now, even with my adult child, when agencies aren't treating him well. I, I kind of have to pretend it's somebody else's kid. If you can do that, and if you have the time to study all of this, I think you can come close. Where I think having an advocate is hugely important is measurable goals. Uh-huh. I, Susie jokes that she's never seen an IEP with good goals from a new client. <laughs> she, she's not. She's not far wrong. I see somebody's goals and I say, "Do you mind if I write on this?" And I, I have usually four to five notes on every baseline and four to five notes on every IEP. And you cannot be successful and have a good IEP. If you don't have very specific, very measurable baselines and very specific, very measurable goals and understanding what that is and how to write them is very challenging. And I find that a lot of people in schools, first of all, look at me like I'm a little nuts. And then I say, I'm not trying to make you wrong. I'm just (laughs) trying to make this measurable. And I have a few say, you've made me a much better goal writer. I'm like, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the hard part. There's just so many moving pieces that I think the system is stacked against parents who try to do it themselves. Now, you've been doing advocacy for a while now, and so in the same area. So how valuable are the relationships you must have built up with the district over the time? that You must walk in, sit down, and you probably know everybody at the table. In fact, the newest person might be the family that you're working with. That helps tremendously. I had a case recently where they, a new case where they'd given up on the kid. He was in sixth grade and he had no math goals, no English goals, and hadn't in two years. And it wasn't because he was brilliant and acing all this stuff. He needed the support. I actually sent a really polite note to the entire team saying, these are my concerns about this young man. Here's what I'm hoping to talk about next week. And that does really help because I don't have to go in saying, all right, I'm not here to you know, knock you around the head and shoulders, which is completely mm-hmm. not my style. But they know that I'm passionate about getting the kid what they need, what the child, what they need. And I'm going to do it in a way that allows the district to shine as well. I'm, I, I still had to call them out and express my mm-hmm. disappointment. And then I, and then we, then we moved on. So That helps having those relationships because there isn't the defensiveness on the district's part because they know I'm tough, but very fair and very direct. So going forward nowadays, what sort of challenges do you feel an advocate like yourself feels? Is it getting easier? Is it getting more difficult? How's the future look for advocates? I think so. Inclusion is big with a lot of my client base. We still have a few districts up here who don't believe in it. I'm getting more and more cracks in that wall. So overall, I'm encouraged. The challenges are the underfunded mandates and 
for, I'll explain that because I'm sure you know what it means, but not everybody does. That's the school has to provide what every child needs, but doesn't get enough, doesn't get enough funding to do it. So what that's only getting worse. There's, there's various reasons for that, that I won't bore all of us by going into, but (laughs) there's more need. There's less money over more kids. So that's the hard part. So there's a lot of no, 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 we're not going to do that. There's a lot of denial of services and supports because it costs money. So that that's not going to change. That's always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I do think in terms of, as I said, inclusion, it's slowly but steadily getting better. I do think as I spread the gospel of measurable goals and measurable baselines, that's getting a little better. But I I, I hope to live and work long enough to get a client who comes to me with a good good measurable goals. It hasn't happened yet, but it could. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, we're running towards the end of our time here. What's a good way for people to get a hold of you? Oh, thank you for asking. So my cell phone is is my main line, and it's 408. 408- Eight nine three six nine three three, and my email is lee l e i g h at aspireadvocacy.com. Thank you so much, Lee. We appreciate your information today and having you on the program. I'll make sure to add any of this information into the show notes as well. Thank you, Michael. I, I appreciate the chance to talk about advocacy. I enjoy doing so, and I appreciate your time and this platform. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another edition of Special Education Matters. For more information, including show notes, head to our website, csnlg.com slash listen. And if you like what you hear, please uh, consider giving us a review on iTunes. Those reviews bring us lots of happiness. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and we will talk again soon.